We're opening up a controversial topic today, and that's women's sports and why the ratings are so low. You don't want to miss it. This is the Game Time Guru. So, what time is it? Game Time What's going on, everybody? I'm Shane Larson, the host of the Game Time Guru. I appreciate you tuning in. So wherever you're at, whenever you might be listening to this, whether it's right when you wake up, while you're in the car, maybe you're at the gym, maybe you're about to go to sleep, whenever it is, wherever you're at, I hope I'm bringing you the entertainment that you want to see. If I'm not, leave me a comment on the content that you want to hear, and I can help you out. Today, I'm going to bring up something a little bit more controversial, a little outside the box from the normal stats and recaps and, you know, the mainstream topics that we're used to hearing in sports talk radio, and that is women's sports. Before we dive into that, hit the share button, hit the like button, go to Google Play, go to Stitcher, or go to iTunes and subscribe to my podcast. It takes 10 seconds, so I'd appreciate it if you could hit the link that I got you on Facebook or Twitter. And just go in there and subscribe. And if you could share it and send some reviews for me, I would truly appreciate it. Now, let's dive into the topic. So you heard me talk about it in the introduction. I want to talk about women's sports. The ratings for women's sports, specifically basketball, are extremely low. Extremely low. And I want to dive into a couple of reasons why I might think that is. But we need to discuss this topic because it's been on my mind for the last couple of weeks. The reason for that is, as I've mentioned multiple times before, I I live in Boise. I go to Boise State University, and I've been around Boise State Athletics my entire life. And recently, you know, we have our football team, which is kind of like our professional team. Everybody in the Valley follows the football team ever since they started doing well about, you know, 12, 15 years ago. They kind of started going up on the on the on the rise, and they've been pretty good ever since. They're at least known nationally. Well, the basketball team, about the last seven years, has been doing the same thing. They've been on the rise, uh, been competing pretty well in their conference, and then this year they exceeded our expectations. So a lot of people were kind of jumping on board and watching the basketball team because uh, they did a really good job. The thing is, is we were focused so much on those two programs that it seemed like the women's basketball team kind of just went to the wayside. We, we didn't hear anything about them. Crazy news is they uh, won the Mountain West basketball tournament for women. They went to the NCAA tournament. They played UCLA in the first round. Granted, they lost. It doesn't matter. They still made it. You know what I mean? So it's crazy to me that the, the women's basketball team had such a successful season and they didn't have people coming to their games. They didn't have students coming to their games. They were so good, yet they didn't have anybody there. And that's a problem, not just here. You see it all around, especially in women's basketball and especially in the WNBA. And that's what I want to talk about today. And I want to discuss the reasons why. Because here in the United States, we're trying to make this movement for women's rights and and we're having these marches that are happening and this and that. And we're trying to put this focus on women. And I want to talk about women's sports. So let's talk about the pay for one, okay? So in 2014, it was uh, there was an article that came out regarding Candace Parker. She was the highest paid women's basketball player 
Um, in the WNBA, she was making roughly $3 million a year, um, and the majority of that was coming off of her endorsement deals. Now, if you guys pay attention, Candace Parker is a superstar in the WNBA, and she's one of the highest – she was the highest-paid player in 2014 at $3 million a year. Now, in, in that same year, 2014 – just so you guys can put, you know, a comparison, the the rookie salary for the minimum you can make is thirty five thousand one hundred ninety dollars, and veteran players can make up to a maximum of one hundred and one thousand dollars. So the rookie minimum was thirty five thousand, and the veteran maximum was one hundred and one. So you have a thirty five thousand dollar job to a one hundred, you know, one hundred and one thousand dollar salary. So it's thirty five to one hundred one. That's the salary. For a WNBA player, as of 2014, those go up little by little every year. But the majority of their money comes from endorsements. But if you're not a if you're not a superstar in the WNBA, you're not getting endorsement deals like Candace Parker. There's very few that actually can capitalize on all of that um, through major endorsement deals, like you know your shoe deals, like Nike and such. Uh, that's ridiculous. Thirty-five thousand dollars. To $101,000. Is that not just insane? Can we just take a second? When at one point in the NBA, the minimum salary for a, a, for a basketball player in the NBA was like $450,000 for a rookie if you make the roster. You know what I mean? Um, let me check right now what the, what the minimum is for an NBA salary. Oh, okay. So... For, the, for that same season, 2014, the minimum salary for an NBA... Oh, so an NBA veteran was 788000 to fourteen or $1.4 million. Okay, so that's fine. Um, let's see here. Oh, okay. 2015, a rookie could make $525,000 as a minimum. So the minimum you're going to make in the NBA is over $500,000. And the maximum you can make in the WNBA is $100,000. There's some that's that's some serious that's some serious difference right there, but the question comes into why? Why is there such a difference? Well, the attendance is one of them. They're just not bringing in the money. But why is that? Why do people not want to go to the games to watch the women's basketball players? Well, there's a couple of reasons why, and I'm gonna break them down for you, but. From my own experience, from the people I've asked, and from my own personal opinion, the number one thing that comes out of their mouth is the fact that there's not the same entertainment factor in women's sports. Your team might be winning, and that's great, but nowadays, society, especially the little kids, they want to see the superstars that you know have the mad crossover dribbles. They have the high-flying dunks from time to time, and they can shoot threes, lights out, even when they're contested, and they make those difficult shots, those turnarounds. Well, it's just part of the, the, the women's basketball game is a little bit different than the men's basketball game because of the athleticism that comes into play with men's basketball. And with women's basketball, it seems that when you're watching it, it's all basic, and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, but they all are, they're all down to the basics. Your shooting stroke is like the perfect form. It's triple threat. Uh, you have the triple threat when you get the ball. Shooting form's perfect. Uh, the layups are you know down to a T, where you know you're going off your right leg, you're laying it up with your left hand. You're going off your left leg, you're laying it up with your right hand. It's all to the basics, and it's effective, 
but it's not flashy. Effective versus flashy. And I think what happens is today, you know, our society wants to see the flashiness more than the effectiveness. And that kind of goes back to, you know, we just, we have superstars and these kids want to be like the superstars. They want to be just like, you know, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, and all those guys, which is understandable. And you'll even see the women, the, you know, the girls who are coming up playing basketball, you ask them who their favorite basketball player players are, and a lot of them will give you men's names. You, you'll hear a lot of girls say, oh, well, I want to be like James Harden. I want to be like Kobe Bryant. I want to be able to be like LeBron James. They give those names. Now, there are a few that will, that will spout out the women's you know, names for like Candace Parker and all them, but you'll hear it a lot. I, I urge you to go onto the internet and watch some interviews like that and see what they say. Even the women want to be the flashiness, the flashy players. So even though they might be effective, they might be efficient, they want flashy. And I decided to go into a little bit of uh, research in regards to why why they're not getting the publicity that the, the NBA and, and the men's sports are getting. Like, Why are they not getting at least the same publicity? If the entertainment factor is not there, that's one thing. You can't, you, you can't really fault a woman for not having the same athleticism as a man. The men are built differently. That's, that's just a fact. You, know, you don't see the women out there that are 6'8", 265 pounds, and you know, can sprint up and down the floor and fly around. You don't see that because it's just their genetic makeup. Um, so you can't you can't fault them for the you know the entertainment factor in regards to like their athleticism, but why can't we be putting the same publicity out there? I was researching a few things and it was showing how the sponsors are unwilling to finance like teams and different players that don't get good exposure. So when there's not exposure out there, you know you don't have the media outlets and the all the marketing going towards these female basketball teams and these female soccer teams, when you don't have that, then the sponsors don't want to sponsor them because they're not going to fund these people who aren't getting their names out there because in a a sense, it hurts them. It's a domino effect. You know, Nike will sponsor LeBron James because his name's everywhere. He's on billboards. He's on every Facebook page you go on. He's on every sports outlet. His name comes up all the time. You see his shoes everywhere. Of course, Nike's going to sponsor something like that because they get their name out there. It's common sense for marketing. So these sponsors aren't helping fund in the WNBA and in, in female soccer because of that. And it's just mind-boggling why we're not at least trying to put it's starting at the marketing. We have so many marketing tactics out there. We know that they obviously work. So why aren't we at least putting an effort and trying to get the women's sports some more exposure? Because then with the exposure comes the sponsorships. With the sponsorships comes money. And when you can get more money and more funding into these events, you have more money for the entertainment outside of the game, which halftime entertainment, all the, the between timeouts entertainment, stuff like that, the commercials and this and that. And you can you know put them, put them on TV more often, little things like that. It'll draw the fans to the game, especially younger kids. The younger generation doesn't appreciate women's sports. You'll see a lot of the fans that appreciate them are typically the older generation, people like my parents, uh, they appreciate women's sports more than, let's say, myself or people of my age in their, in their mid to late 20s. So why don't we start getting more exposure? 
Start by putting them on TV. For crying out loud, ESPN, put them more on TV. We can, we can, we can afford that. You know, we're coming up on a time. And no offense to the baseball fans. I know there's a ton out there. I'm not a huge baseball fan. But when when football's over and the NBA is finishing up with the finals, you know, we're talking about June. We got baseball. You know what I mean? So we're into that baseball. So it's that, those, couple stretch, those couple months in that stretch where we don't have the mainstream sports on there besides baseball. We have an opportunity to be broadcasting women's sports. Let's do it. That's my take. Let's do it. You know, it's you can't have a combination of very little exposure with the fact that they have a very short season. You know, the WNBA season is very, very short compared to the NBA. You know, you're talking like four months, five months. It's not really long. And when you only have a little bit of a season and very little exposure, you're just asking for trouble. You're kind of just treading water. It's like one of those businesses that's just trying to keep their head above water. And then you're asking for funding from other places, such as the NBA. On that topic, I'm not sure the validity to this, but one thing that came up in one of the articles I was reading, there's actually three articles I was reading regarding the NBA and how much it actually has to help out. Now, I'm not sure how the you know how the budget works for that but uh it looks like they were talking about the cost of the WNBA and how much it costs to you know fly the players to a different city and stay in a hotel and actually the the cost to put on a game at a stadium and why the NBA has to fund the WNBA to keep it afloat because the money coming into the WNBA is not enough to keep it afloat. It would go under if they didn't have the funding from the NBA because, like I said before multiple times, there's no sponsorships. There's very little exposure. They don't have the same TV deals that the NBA has. So I wonder – I mean, it makes sense. I don't know the exact details behind it, but it does make sense. I heard somewhere that, you know, it costs the exact same amount of money to, you know, have – your stadium host a game, have the arena host a game because you have all the electricity that's included, like for the light bills and all, all of that that goes into the WNBA game. But if you don't have the fans there paying the same amount of money for the tickets, you don't have those big salaries for the players. The tickets aren't as expensive, so you're not getting, but you're, but you're also not getting the fans to get there to fill out the seats. So you're just not getting the money to fund it. So the NBA has to fund that. So why aren't we just maybe we use the NBA as a platform to continue to bring exposure to the women's sports world come on and if we want to talk about there's not any exciting women's basketball players I'm going to challenge you on that I'm one of those people that that was I can tell you straight up being completely honest I don't get as excited watching women's sports however there are some amazing women's basketball players and one that comes to mind is a local girl who is actually now playing for the University of Maryland and I challenge you to go watch some highlights a couple years prior my my buddy and I it was 2014 I believe we were doing a, an internship for a local company here um, and we were doing social media for the the state basketball tournaments for girls and boys for high school and we got to sit on uh, the sideline on media row <laughs> and we got to tweet out the updates for each of the games well First week, the first weekend that we did it was for the women's basketball tournament. And a girl by the name of Destiny Slocum was playing. 
right from the tip. She goes over, does like a double crossover behind the back, spin, and gets to the bucket and does a reverse layup. And my buddy and I, our jaws dropped. We couldn't believe what we just saw. And throughout the entire game and the entire tournament, you could tell she had the skills and the flashiness that people want to see. And it was the most amazing. She was probably, I'm not even kidding you, in person, she was the best female basketball player I have ever seen. And I would actually go to my grave saying this. She probably had the best handles of any basketball player, men or women, that I've seen that I've played against. I've, I've never seen someone dribble the ball like she dribbled the ball, especially in a game time situation. And I'm not exaggerating. She was incredible. And I understand they're playing against people that are not as athletic, quote unquote, but like going side to side. I get that. But here's the thing. She translated that into the collegiate level. And right now she just won the Big Ten Freshman Player of the Year, okay, for the University of Maryland. She's from Idaho. She was going to go to UW. She had offers from UW. She went to Maryland, Big Ten Freshman Player of the Year. And we'll, I'm, I'm actually really excited to see how she does the rest of the tournament. I'm just saying, there is some flashy players in women's basketball. You won't hear about them because they don't get the marketing they deserve. We need the exposure for the women's programs. Our soccer team, for crying out loud, is always killing it in the Olympics and in the Women's World Cup. But why don't we hear about them as much? I mean, we hear about them during the event, right? The World Cup. Oh, we hear about the men's team too. World Cup's going on. Oh, it's the biggest blah, 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 blah event in soccer. Well, why don't we hear about them anymore? Well, that's because the women's professional soccer leagues that are in the United States are completely like diminished. There, there's nothing there. There's nothing there for the women's professional soccer league. So when they go to the national tournaments, you know, that's when we hear about them. But we don't hear about them outside of that. It's ridiculous. They've won the World Cup. They've had some really good runs. Why aren't we hearing more about these females? Get the exposure out there. The the women's basketball and women's soccer teams like and, and players deserve the the respect. They deserve the exposure. And it really bothers me that we're not seeing that. And when my college women's basketball team makes it to the NCAA tournament, yet they can't get more than like 2,000 fans at a game, if that, it is ridiculous. We've got a problem. We need to fix it. I don't know. Get the exposure out there. That's where we start. Because then from there, it's a domino effect. Because the women, they can play ball. Different game, but they can still play it. All right, guys. That's what I got for you this week. I appreciate you tuning in. If you want to subscribe to the podcast, go to iTunes. Click on the podcast section. Go type in my name, The Game Time Guru with Shane Larson. You'll find it. Hit subscribe. That way you can get the notifications every time it comes through. If you don't have an iPhone, you have an Android instead, download Stitcher. Takes like a minute to download the app. It's free. Do the same thing. Type in The Game Time Guru with Shane Larson. Hit subscribe. Also, if you have an Android, you hit on the, the little Google Play, like the Google Music Store, and find the same thing. Just type in the Game Time Guru. Hit subscribe. It'll send you a notification. I would appreciate it if you could like this post, subscribe, share it, do what you got to do um, to get the word out there. And if you have any comments for me, please leave them. I'm happy to hear them. I'm happy to implement any feedback that I can get. I appreciate you guys tuning in. I'll talk to you next week. This is the Game Time Guru.
Later.